Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. I'm Tony Pickenich. Uh, with me here, as always, Eric Johnson. No, no Trish today. I haven't been able to get a hold of him. So here we are. Of course and, not, right? Eric, we got some news. Oh, my God. We actually have something to talk about? How about that? Wow. The uh, commissioner came out and spoke the other day about the NHL's return to play uh, plan. Like, he finally made it official, although we knew basically what the playoff format was going to be. Yeah, this was just a confirmation on everything. Yeah, the the play-in round is going to be a best of five, uh, which seems like a bit much. You know, well, now, now that we're hearing that it's not going to be starting until the minimum July 11th. Yeah. Even that, that's when training phase camp. Phase three. Perfect. Yeah, that's what – and you would imagine, what, two weeks of training camp? Two weeks of training camp. We might not get this thing started until August. I don't know how much they're going to be able to fit in. August gets tough, but the commissioner did say that the first and second round, the length of those rounds are still up to be – they can be changed by uh, the NHL and the NHLPA. They can come to an agreement to change that. But the conference and the Stanley Cup final will be seven games, no matter what. Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to be the case anyway. Okay, well, it needs to be. You like, can't have a five-game Stanley Cup I final. Gonna, I was just going to say, you can't do that in five games. Exactly. You never have been able to. Now, since the news of the 24-team playoff format had basically leaked a few days before confirmation from Gary Bettman. Uh, that wasn't the biggest news brought on in the announcement was the playoff format. It was this brand spanking new draft lottery. The NHL has come up with. Oh, this, this is man. This is going to be tough to explain the two phase draft lottery, which is interesting. Or as I like to call it, the why didn't we just wait until the first round was done draft lottery? Yeah. I I don't understand why you just couldn't wait. Or why even, you know, you just not include the teams that were playing in this playing round and make it a seven-team draft lottery. Man, they I must think Ottawa that. would have too much of an advantage there. I, I really don't get this. I'm surprised. I think it's going to be an exciting draft lottery where anybody can get Lafreniere. Well, let's let's describe it the best possible way I know how. I, I will describe this the best possible way I know how. It is a two-phase draft lottery. The first phase of the draft lottery takes place June 26th. Now, teams one through seven, it's what? Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa with San Jose's pick. Mm-hmm. L.A., Anaheim, New Jersey, then Buffalo, right? Correct. That is the order. Percentages aren't changing. So there's still like a 77% chance that one of those teams gets the top, all top three picks, something like that. One of those seven teams who aren't participating in the play-in. Correct. But what if the 30% chance happens and they don't? Ah, well, then if a uh, – they're not designating teams to like the eight through 15 spots. They're just going to be placeholders. So let's say a placeholder wins a pick. It moves to phase two, which takes place after the play in round of the playoffs. 
in which case the uh, was it eight teams that are eliminated from playoff cont- from the playing round? Correct. Will all have the same odds at that pick currently possessed by a placeholder? I believe so, it's. I believe that is the case. Yes. So let's say Detroit wins one, Ottawa wins two, and third is won by a placeholder. Every team eliminated in the first round or the playing round will have a twelve point five percent chance of winning that pick. And those are the only teams up for it in phase two of the draft lottery. Now there is a situation where we don't need a phase two of the draft lottery, which is not necessary. Let's say one, two, three is Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa. No need for a second phase at that point, which is really what I believe the NHL should be hoping for. Cause any kind of messed up stuff is gonna, it, it could get bad. I was going to say, I think that's what everybody's hoping for. Yeah. At least in the NHL's sense, because I can't see people waiting two months to find out who this mystery team is going to be. I ran this draft lottery simulation a few times, and it took me 24 tries to get what I call the doomsday scenario in which all three picks are possessed, will be possessed by teams eliminated in the play-in round. How many times did one of the three teams um, – was it, was it a plan or like team A through H? You're going to hear me call team A through H. You got one, uh, two, there's a few here. Three, four, five. This one's got two. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. This one's got two, ten. 11, 12, this one's got 2, 13, 14, 15, and then the 16th time is uh, the doomsday scenario. That's a lot. 16 out of 24. 66%. That is a, that is a ton. Yeah. And there's, there's certain teams that benefit from this. Uh, there's a condition with – what the pick Carolina has from Toronto? Correct. They get the lower of what Toronto has two picks, and Toronto gets the lower of the two from Carolina, or the other way around. Carolina gets the lower of the two from Toronto because the it's it's something like that. It's something weird, but the Rangers really could benefit because they're guaranteed a shot at the draft lottery, no matter what. They possess Carolina's first round pick because of the Brady Shea trade back in uh, back in February. And if they beat Carolina in the first round, Carolina gets ejected into the uh, the draft lottery phase two if there's a need for a phase two, and they're going to have a shot while still competing in the playoffs. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting. I, how do you feel about it? I don't like the – I like the idea that all three picks are up for grabs. I've always liked that. I think that should have been the idea from day one. I don't like the fact that every team that's eliminated from the playing round will get an equal chance at the second pick or the, the, or the mystery pick, I should say. Yeah, because let's say that number one pick goes up. For know, a mystery team. For a mystery team and Montreal's eliminated and a team like Edmonton's eliminated, 
Montreal, who's in a far worse position with their franchise than Edmonton, is going to have the same chance as Edmonton to win that lottery, to win the right to draft Alexis Lafreniere. The one that we've said that we're worried about is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would be tough. Montreal. Pittsburgh would be insanely tough. You know, it would just be seeing Lafreniere play with Crosby and Malkin would be just ridiculous on every single level. And they're gonna any other year it wouldn't happen, you know? Right. But it's just because this this whole thing and the makeshift format. I don't understand why one through seven couldn't be just the lottery, and then eight through fifteen is your playing teams. Uh, sorted by points percentage because that's what the final standings is. It goes by points percentage, not amount of That's what I think it should be. It should be the bottom eight teams are sorted by points percentage instead of equal thing. And, again, I said this earlier, but I think they should just wait until after the playing round was done and make this thing a hell of a lot easier for all of us. Yeah, they really should have. And they shouldn't have – one way they couldn't do it was, like – Let's say you go to those spots like Team A, Team B, Team C when it comes to 8 through 15. You can't say, well, Team B won the third pick. So the second lowest team will win the draft, will get that third pick. The second lowest team will eliminated. Because then you, you might have teams like, you know, call them, phoning it in. Right? Like a Montreal or I don't think. I, I, can't, I can't see Chicago doing it, though. I Minnesota. Minnesota, I could. Uh, who's the eleven in in the West? Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they're known to do that too. Yeah. They're in enough trouble as it is when it comes to the draft. That's all they need is to actually tank for the pick, or well, you know, give up in a playoff series. Buffalo doesn't need to tank. Buffalo's already in the bottom seven, and they were known for tanking too. Yeah, and Buffalo can't even do that right. The one year they had the best odds was the McDavid year, and they got Eichel. Speaking of Jack Eichel, should we? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's talk about that. There, there's growing frustration in Buffalo. I mean, how could there not be? Especially with Jack Eichel, who's been there for what is it? Is it five years now? And they haven't even really. I believe it's been five. I believe it's been five years. It doesn't feel like five years. This is the closest they've come, and it took a pandemic to even get them remotely That's near attention. That's scary. They didn't even get 70 points, and it's close they've come. Yeah, and listen, I could sit here and tell you all day long, moving Jack Eichel is foolish no matter what way you look at it. There isn't something that you could tell me that goes – that will make me say, yeah, all right, trading Jack Eichel, that's a good idea. Because even if you're trading for, like, a Lafreniere – you know what you have in Jack Eichel. Lafreniere still isn't, you know, he's a great prospect, but you don't know if he's going to come to the NHL, step in, and have that same effect and be able to match what Jack Eichel does. I, I can't see a situation where you move him. I believe when his contract is up in, what is it, six years? Yeah, I was going to say, Eichel is term. Yeah, he's going to walk if they're not doing anything by then. If If – they if they're not doing anything in six years, that will mark, I think, six, a 16-year playoff drought for the Sabres. 
Yeah, that's that's that, that shouldn't be happening in major sports. Buffalo just became the fifth team ever to do a streak of nine or more seasons out of the playoffs. And there was actually optimism and hope coming into Buffalo this year. They just resigned Jeff Skinner, who laid an egg this year. He's got and, what, seven more years on that deal? Yeah, year two of Eichel and Skinner was supposed to be the year they took the step forward. Rasmus Dahlin was going to step, take a step forward. And they had a little stretch at the beginning of the season, but they always have that stretch, it seems like. And then Ristolainen came out and said, I'm not, not a direct quote, but he was, I'm paraphrasing here, when he said, um, if they're trying to rebuild and they're trying to get people out, I'm going to be the first one to go. Yeah, if there's any kind of moves made, I'm going to be the first one gone. Like, he knows that. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the prospect of moving Eichel. The NHL gave uh, the okay today to teams, the bottom seven teams, the teams whose seasons are not uh, resuming. They have the ability now to trade within each other. Now, I could ask, is there a suitor there for Eichel? Every team in there is a suitor for Eichel. That's not a question. Every team in the league should be a suitor for Jack Eichel. Would – it, it would take a huge package. I would say, I think he's the fifth highest score right now in the league. Or, yeah. No, 10th. Sorry, he's 10th. It would take a huge package. Mm-hmm. Ginormous. It's not a one-pick trade. And I'm not even sure that, that Buffalo's general manager is willing to trade him. NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter says there's been no real kind of dialogue discussing a trade with the teams. But there could, be, there could be a GM who goes and at least checks in on Buffalo. I was going to say, do we even know for sure if Bodrell's coming back next year? Now would be the time we start seeing firings happen. You know, now that their season's officially over. Because we already have one GM that's pretty much out, no matter what, at the end of the season, unless they win the Stanley Cup, and that's Dale Talon in Florida. Yeah. I think he's safe if they get a little far. Regardless, I think conference finals. Yeah. Yes, we got to. I don't know if if it if it's like if it maybe a real tough series against Boston, like seven games. That may be able to do it. Yeah, that might be able to save them. But I mean, Buffalo. It's just it's been so bad for so long, and every time it looks like hopes on the horizon, there it it, it doesn't come. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin was supposed to be the guy who steps in. He was supposed to be Quinn Hughes before Quinn Hughes. That's what he was supposed to be when he was drafted. He's still only in his second season, so I think yeah, should cut him a little bit of slack. Well, now the, the second season just ended. Yeah. And if you're looking at me telling me right now, who would you rather have, like a Quinn, like Quinn Hughes or Rasmus Dahlin? Oh, Quinn Hughes. Exactly. You taking Dahlin over Heiskanen? No. I am. Yeah? But barely. It's, not, it's close. A little bit higher Heiskanen, of a ceiling for you? I see them on equal level. I think Heiskanen's going to get the higher points tolls because he's on a better flat-out better Yeah, team. Yeah, that, that, that gets inflated a little bit being on Dallas than Dalian being on uh, Buffalo. But, man, I what's stopping Ottawa from throwing a Hail Mary offer The fact that they're in the same division? Yeah, but... Buffalo would at least have to listen if they said, hey, 
we'll give you San Jose's pick our first next year. Buffalo does not have a lot of cap space. Yeah. It, well, moving Eichel would free up what, 10? 8? Moving Eichel would free up 10. 10. Skinner has, Skinner has eight years left at a modified no trade and $9 million per. Modified no fucking trade for him. Modified no movement, sorry. Modified no movement. Oh, man. All right. Same with Kyle Oposa. Skinner's tough. Oh, man. Don't even start on that. Skinner's tough. But if Eichel said, I'm not, let's say Eichel walks into the GM's office tomorrow and says, I'm never playing another game for Buffalo. Trade me right now. Ottawa offers their San Jose pick this year, a first next year, a first the year after that, I got to see what Ottawa has in terms of uh, picks. Yeah. Picks. Picks. Because they're not, they want at least, I think they would still want to keep at least one shot at Lafreniere. You know? I'm going to their cap friendly right now, taking a look at that. They have three first round picks this year. Okay. Ottawa trades all three first round picks this year. They have three firsts this year and four seconds this year. Now, okay, how about this? To Buffalo for Jack Eichel, we got uh, San Jose first, Islanders first, Columbus second, Senators second, Stars second, uh, the Tampa Bay fifth, and next year's first for Jack Eichel. And just Jack Eichel. Just Jack Eichel. Man. That gives you what? One, two, three. That gives you what? Like seven shots of getting a player that hits the way Jack Eichel does? That's a lot of hits, dude. Or hoping that all those players match up to Jack Eichel and give you some depth in the long run? That basically abandons whatever plans you have to win right now. And I think you get – if Skinner's is modified, you have him submit a list. Skinner's is modified. Have him submit a list. You know? Um, the other guy that has a modified no – the only guy that has a modified no trade – two people have a modified – three, sorry, three. Bobby Ryan, Nikita Zaitsev, and Ron Hainsey. And Logistically, you might have to send a player back. From Buffalo? Yeah. No, from, from Ottawa to Buffalo. You know? To make, like, the cap work? They might just also want it. Mm-hmm. What about, like, an Anthony Duclair? I know he's not on a contract pass this year, but... He's an RFA. Yeah, Anthony Duclair. I would say he could trade his rights. Yeah. There's value there. Man, I... As a GM... If Eichel was still, like, willing to play for my team, I'd say, no, I'm not accepting that deal. But if Eichel looked and said, I'm not playing another minute for the Sabres, I would have a really tough time not accepting that kind of deal from Ottawa. You know? Because the thing is with the term, too. With that long term. And that's what's going to get the Sabres the good deal. Yeah, exactly. That's just going to up his value. And, like, there's – he hasn't had really – that much injury history. I think he had a brief injury, what, last season? 
but yeah, he it was yeah. it wasn't that long. No, it was like he was out like two weeks max. You know, I I can't. He's not. Nothing's hurting him at the moment, like value wise. It would be tough. I, but you know, you're taught like you get a player with that type of skill, you do not trade a Jack Eichel. But it can happen. And there's always that idea that in trades, the person that acquires the best player is usually the winner of the trade. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be the case with Jack Eichel, too. Yeah. Because, again, you're talking a guy who scores 80, 85 points a year. Now, speaking specifically as a Devils fan, oh, Trish is waiting to get in here. Here he comes. About, about time. I, good thing I looked over. He would not be here at the moment. Like, as a, as a Devils fan, like, I see uh, a, a player like Jack Eichel could possibly want out of Buffalo. Just, just mark it as a possibility. And I, I'm starting to think what my team could put together in order to acquire a Jack Eichel. You know? Now, as a Devils fan, here's what I would do. And, Trish, if you could hear us, we are mid-podcast right now, so I'm going to unmute you and put you in. Unless you unmute yourself. I don't know. Okay. Trish is, Trish is here. I'm sorry. I was waiting for, like, a while, and then finally it popped up and said, call using internet audio, and then it started working. So, so I see this, and as a Devils fan, I'm starting to put together what it could possibly take, you know? And – I know the assets New Jersey has. I have no problem turning around and offering. Uh, now, this would probably be a, a low ball, considering what it is. I'll give you Arizona's pick. Arizona's first. Vancouver's first. Uh, I'll give you my first in 21 lottery protected. I'll give you Nolan Foot. I'll give you... I'll give you Nolan Foote, and I'll give you Damon Severson for Jack Eichel. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot, but there's only 10 players like Jack Eichel in the NHL. There's nine players that scored higher than he did. Yeah. Yeah, it still sounds like a lot, though. I mean – You're giving up three firsts. By the way, I heard the Devils were down their final four for coaches, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Trish, you didn't hear the offer we just put together from Ottawa to Buffalo. What was it? San Jose's first this year. The Islanders first this year. You're first in uh, 21. Uh, Ottawa's second this year. Columbus is second this year. Dallas is second. Tampa Bay's fifth. And Anthony DeClaire. <laughs> just because you got to trade him within division. Yeah. Uh. And that you can only make that trade if Jack – I would only trade Jack Eichel if Jack Eichel said, I will never play another game in a Sabres uniform. He That's the only way I would do it. Was he on the chopping block? Was that a rumor? Well, what, when I, well if you were here earlier, uh, Jack <laughs> Eichel is growing frustrated with his time in Buffalo, says he's getting tired of not winning. And, yeah, well, uh, do you think he's not going to put up a no trade like – He's not going to want to go to another team that he's going to have to drag them along again. Like, coming to New Jersey well, is not well, Okay, well, one, you can make the argument that Buffalo 
has a lot bleaker of a future than New Jersey currently has. Yes, yes. They Same with Ottawa. Future, but still, they, he's not going to want to go to another dead-end team. He's going to want to go to a – I mean, this is going to sound really shitty compared to what I just said, but he's going to go to like a New York or maybe uh, Florida. He would love to go to Boston, but they can't afford him. He would love to go to like Tampa Bay, maybe even Toronto. You know, a team that is a perennial playoff team and that is looks like they have somewhat – they're gearing towards the right direction. You know, New Jersey this season showed us nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> they got all the pieces and then shit the bed. No, He's but – He's not going to want to go to Jersey. I, I would tell you right now, Jack Eichel is better than any piece New Jersey has had the last four or five years. Oh, I know, but – it just it's reminiscent to me. I mean, listen. And you couple that with nothing. a coach like Gerard Gallant. Oh my God! See, if we get Gallant, now we're talking. Yeah. But I still think Eichel is going to want to see how next season plays out, just to see who the players are, because you can't really judge that on this season, because of how fucky everything got. Yeah. If if Eichel gets moved, it's not going to be. I I don't believe it will be this off season unless he really forces his way out of Buffalo. No, I'm thinking maybe, maybe trade deadline next year. Mm, no, I th- that's more of a draft move. I think off season. Yeah, it's more of a. I feel like it's more of a draft move when you know what picks definitely teams have around that draft, yeah, and you can just throw okay. them at a team. That's fair. Okay, so I just checked on Twitter. Um, one of my friends on Twitter is a Minnesota fan. He has a mock trade, and it's Eichel and Colin Miller to Minnesota. For Donato, Zach Parisi, Mario Addison, Ryan Hartman, and their 2021 first. Do we run into money problems there with the Parise contract? I mean, if you're getting rid of Eichel and Colin Miller, who are insanely big contracts. Yeah, but isn't Parise's like 11? Is that what Parise's is? Parise's 13. Oh, man. He and almost went to the Islanders, too, at the trade. I know. I know. And they're not planning on revisiting that trade in the offseason. Why would they? It's Lou. It yeah, I don't know why Lou wanted to do it to begin with. Apparently, I, I still love that Panarin looked at Islanders' money and said, ha, and then went to Rangers. He would have gotten thirteen money. million there. I know. He would have gotten pretty much the same contract Parisi got. Yep, he would have gotten the Parisi contract. I uh, him and Ryan Suter, man, I can't believe they went there. But you mentioned it a second ago. Uh, we're going to move off Eichel just because we could throw mock drafts out here for days. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Toronto, Mitch Marner. Nylander. Yeah. Well, okay, hold on. They wouldn't give up a Mitch Marner for a Jack Eichel, I feel like. Oh, okay. Who's better, Jack Eichel or Mitch Marner? That's not fair. Isn't Mitch younger? Yeah, but he's not that much younger. Yeah, but he's younger. Did they come out of the same draft? Yes. Oh, so they might be around this. They might be the same age. Oh, shit. Is Mitch like. I think Mitch is on par, if not better. I don't know about that. I would take Jack Michael and Mitch Marner. To be fair, Mitch Marner has a better team around him. Yeah, Eichel's Eichel's dragging Buffalo. That's the Heisken and Dolan argument, too. Yeah. Same thing. Only. It's it, it you could it could be a little bit more prominent with your with a forward I feel like. 
man. But yeah, you look at you look at Eichel. He's he's in this dead end like team, and I feel like the same thing could be said. No, you can't really say it though for um, fucking. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Edmonton Oiler. McDavid. Yeah. Well, he's got Drysaddle. Yeah. Drysaddle had a hundred. Yeah, I know. He has Drysaddle. He's got that other uh, Nugent Hopkins. Is really yeah. Good. Like he's got yeah, he's got he's some got... depth there, but outside of Jeff yeah. Skinner and Buffalo, who had a shit year this year. I mean, you know how pissed off Mitch Barner would be? Oh my God, he'd be after he'd all be that to remain himself. with yeah. Toronto. <laughs> oh. I remember when we were in Canada and you were walking around saying, you're not going to get Mitch Marner. He's going to leave. I wouldn't – if I'm Buffalo, I wouldn't say – I would look at Toronto and be like, okay, Marner for Eichel, but you got to throw in like a fifth just so it looks like I won this deal outright. Right. Like I got to pick at a player. But I also feel like Buffalo's not looking for something like that. Right now, Buffalo can't. Well, they if, but, might be thinking they're in a win-now mentality, but they can't be because they're a shit team. They need to tra- be thinking for the future. Trading for a Mitch Marner keeps you basically on the same pace you were. You might take you might take like one or two steps back, but on the same pace you were with Eichel. Right, but the problem is even Jack Eichel, like he's really good, but there's no team around him, and that that team has no future at the moment. It could get but, really interesting. What if what if Buffalo wins the draft lottery? That would make it a little more interesting, add a lot for Nair to the line. But I just don't see – you need a couple of years to make that team good, and by then Jack Eichel's not going to be good anymore. Or How old is Eichel, 24, 23? He might still be, you know, he still be good, but he won't have that time. You know what I mean? You'll have mm-hmm. that two- or three-year window to be really good, and then you're just going to fall off again. I think and it's more you'll have that two- or three-year window and then – if you surround him with too many pieces, the salary cap is going to become an issue. Right. And, uh, and New Jersey's decisions. barreling towards that right now. Both Eichel and Marner are 23. Both 23. Okay. That, I mean, listen, they're young players. They both have room to grow. You know, they're getting to that, you know, 26-year-old range where they are supposed to be writing their prime. But uh, – I don't think yeah. Toronto would be in a hurry to make that deal. I think it would be pushed more. Let's say Toronto loses the playing round to Columbus. I feel like they'd be really pushed to make some kind of move. I definitely think Toronto is in prime position to make a move. I don't see them giving up Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews or No, take Matthews uh, Tavares off the table. They're the untouchables. Yeah. But Nylander, Marner. I think they would trade Marner if they could get a stud defenseman back. You know? Well, I'll, I'll see your stud defenseman, and I'll give you Damon Severson. Like, who's the, us who's the top? Like, <laughs> it would take a Marner for, like, an ekman Larson type thing. Oh, no. ekman Larson's too old. How I'll old see ekman Larson. Oh, my God. He's Larson. older than I remember because I was watching the 2012 Western Conference Final the other day, and he was playing in it. And I was confused. I thought I keep thinking he's this young defenseman. Like, who would be like, who's top defenseman in the NHL right now? Carlson. OEL is twenty-eight. How old is Seth Jones? 
25. That's the guy. That's your guy. That's yeah. the guy. There it is. Hey, man, Damon Severson's only 26. So. Yeah, but Seth Jones yeah. is way better than Damon Severson. <laughs> but uh, Damon Severson's an offensive weapon. All right, let's, let's move to New Jersey. Eric touched on it uh, a few minutes ago. Elliot Friedman, 31 Thoughts, said the Devils have narrowed their search down to four candidates and one mystery candidate. Now, there is some reports out there that mystery candidate was uh, Ricard Gromberg from Sweden, but the NHL uh, – not the NHL. The Devils were denied access to speak to him by the club he is currently employed by. Thus the Devils, too, ironically. Not other clubs so far. Hmm. It's because they know the Devils are very serious. It's probably – like, he probably actually really wanted to coach the Devils. Yeah. But also, like – that guy could just tell the club that he's working for to fuck off. It gets and iffy. It gets iffy, especially if the Devils don't hire him. Yeah, well, that's the only problem. Yeah. So the, the four uh, candidates that were said by Elliot Friedman is current interim head coach Elaine Nazardine, who took over for John Hines in December. Who should not be the head coach, but he would be a good assistant coach. Assistant coach for Dallas, John Stevens. He's, is he an assistant there? Or I former assistant there? He, Used to be the head coach of what, the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, and he was interim for the Kings, too. Yeah. Uh, there's former Vegas Golden Knights head coach, Gerard Gallant. That's who I want. And former, or most recently, Nashville Predators head coach, Peter Laviolette. Now, for me, my preference is either Gallant or Laviolette. I do not want Elaine Nazardine coming back Nope. with the interim tag removed for 2021, which could start in January. And I also do not want John Stevens because I do not think he's a good head coach. Gallant has a history of being good. Laviolette has a history of being good. Took Nashville to the Stanley Cup. Took Philly to the Stanley Cup. Laviolette won one, didn't he? He won in Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I'd like to see Gallant. I think he's got more to offer. I don't know. You know, Vegas was stupid for letting him go. I know that he wasn't the GM's guy, but that, whatever. Stop being a stupid person about it. Like, come on. I feel like Laviolette. experience coach, and Laviolette's the guy. But listen, the thing, Gallant, the thing, with, the thing with Laviolette is that. It seems like he has some very average years, and then it's just one really good year, you know? I don't want any more average years. We haven't even had an average year. We had an average year in 20, what was that, 18? What Gallant did with Vegas in his first season was so impressive. Oh, my God. Even this, like, the fact that Vegas right now is still a perennial playoff team is nuts. And that's all thanks to him. Seeing what Gerard Gallant did to William Carlson and the type of player he turned him into, I see that, and I just wonder, what could he do with a young player like a Nico Heischer, a two-way center like that? Like, if if you could turn Nico Heischer into the same type of player William Carlson is, that contract he's on for New Jersey is going to be a steal. Yep. Who do you think the mystery candidate is? I heard – well, NHL Rumors Daily said it was uh, Gromberg. Was it Gromberg? Yeah. Because I thought there was a fifth candidate, not Gromberg. I could see Scott Stevens. Because that's who I think it is. 
I don't yeah, think he wants the job. I would love to have Scotty come coach, but I don't think he wants the job. Uh, I think that's exactly the type of shit we need because New Jersey for the past, I don't know, five years has been scared to hit pretty much since John Hines came in. And John Hines left, and they started hitting again. It was fantastic. But while John Hines was here, the team would not hit, and it didn't I, make any sense to me. I would rather have the ability to score than the ability to hit. I, I do not no. – I'm not in but, favor of bringing – I'm very on the fence, actually. I wouldn't say not in favor completely. Bringing somebody back from the devils of yesteryear. No, I don't, I don't is, right, particularly like Brodeur having as much pull as he does in the front office. Yeah. I just – I don't think that it's a good thing that our team is a bunch of – you know, not pussies, but, like, they don't hit. Like, when you, go, when you get to the playoffs, when you watch those games, they're very physical games. And if you're a team that's not used to playing a physical game throughout the season, you're not going to be good in the playoffs. You're going to get tired out really quick. You're going to get pretty much bullied into submission, and they're going to be able to score because they're hitting you everywhere. And you're not used to it. You're not hitting them back. So they're just gaining more more confidence, more speed, more, more of the tilt. They're tilting the ice back the way they want it to be. The last thing if, we're going to – Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if New Jersey can figure out that part of their game, I understand they need to score. But I, I think last season kind of showed us that they don't have a hard time scoring. They have a hard time keeping it out of the back of the net, you know, on their end. Uh, a lot of our games were 5-4, 6-4, you know, 6-5, 8. What was that one, one game? 8-6, something like that. So, like, we don't have a hard time scoring. The scoring's there. We just have a hard time keeping the puck out of our own zone, which hitting would help achieve that, in my opinion. The last thing we're going to talk about is we're going to stick with coaching and perhaps the surprise move of uh, this very young offseason for teams that uh, have been deemed that you're not going to play anymore this year. The Detroit Red Wings announced they are going to uh, – Bring back Jeff Blashill for another season. Mm. They they had a twenty seven percent points percentage this year. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think they're they're looking at it as they're not really going to have a chance to get anybody good right now. So they might as well win the draft lottery, get a first overall pick, get well, Lafreniere there, and then pick your coach. I mean, I don't think Jeff Blashill is that bad of a coach. But it's so hard. It's, this is like after like Cleveland kept Hugh Jackson after going 0-16. But it, it's so hard to gain any kind of respect in the locker room after. It just seemed like they did not care most this year. They're going to lose Jimmy Howard this year. They don't have any kind of future goaltending. Sure, you have Dylan Larkin, and they did say they were going to name a captain before next season. I believe that will be Dylan Larkin. I mean, who else is it going to be? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to name Bertuzzi captain. Oh, I have a question. Who's going to be the devil's captain? He's sure. If they name one, which if it's Gerard Gallant, Gerard Gallant has a history of not naming captains. I mean, Jeff Blashill, man. Gerard Gallant would come back and coach Detroit. He played there. He's friends with Steve Eiserman. I'm pretty sure Steve Eiserman would just have to make like one call and at least get Gallant in the building, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully Jersey throws enough money at him that he decides to come here. 
I can't, I just don't see how you keep. I mean, this is one of the worst seasons in. I don't want to say history of the NHL because that's usually reserved for expansion teams. This is the worst season I've ever seen not by an expansion team. It's surprisingly not Detroit's worst season ever, which is saying something. What's their worst season ever? I think it's like 85, 86, something like that. Oh, right before they came a fucking powerhouse? You want me to get yeah, on I was there? about to say, you remember the 90s when they won like a Stanley Cup every year? Well, they, they went in 95, uh, got close in 96, won in 97, won in 98. One and oh two. Didn't they win before that in the nineties or no? No. No. They they, they, okay. they they started. In 1985-1986, the Detroit Red Wings won 17, 57, and 6, yeah. good enough for 40 points. Woof. My Ooh. God. Ooh. Ugh. How many points did they finish with this season? Wait, Eric, what year was that? 85-86. So that would be the nineteen eighty-six NHL draft. Five different goalies used, and the highest save percentage was Chris Pusey, who had – no, not even that. Greg Steffen, uh, 30, 37 games played, 10 wins, 20 losses, five ties, a 8.56 save percentage, and a goal again for 4.51. Jesus, <laughs> my. Dude, and oh, they got man. the first overall pick that year, and they, they whiffed. Who'd they get? They drafted Joe Murphy, who ended up playing three years for Detroit and accumulated – oh, four years for Detroit and accumulated – there's zero goals that year. It's one goal that year, three that year, 10 that – 14 goals. Was he a defenseman? No, he was a right wing. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. I'm also Wait, looking at this. still team. in the years when Canada had first dibs at Canadian players? No, this was after that. Oh. They drafted when Adam Graves that? in the second round. When did <laughs> also, end? I'm also in looking at this 85-86 Red Wings roster. The sad part is it's not that bad of a roster. Ironically on it is Gerard Gallant and yep. Barry Melrose. Barry Melrose wasn't that good of a hockey player. Uh, no, he played in 14 games, got zero points, was a minus five. Yeah, and I feel like he gets way too much like as a head coach. You know, like he's ESPN's guy. Like, okay, couldn't have picked a better guy. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I, did was he the coach of the LA team that went to the Cup final in '93? Was he? Wasn't he? Because if because I thought that was the only thing he did. If he wasn't actually the coach of that team, then 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 that's hilariously funny. If he's not, no, I. It was he was the coach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that he came out of retirement in two thousand. Coached the Lightning in 09, won five games and got fired. After sixteen games, he got fired. That's hilarious. Did you see that video that the Tampa Bay Lightning posted? Yeah, of, uh, yeah. Sam Coast, Coburn, Andre Vasilevsky, the boys, Alex Kalorn, Cernak. <laughs> Kalorn tweeted it out. Yeah. Kalorn, was hilarious. who represented Tampa Bay and voted against uh, the return to play format. We got confirmation yeah. on that. It was Carolina, who's pissed off they got to play the Rangers, and Tampa Bay because they felt like they wouldn't get a fair chance. I agree with Tampa. I, I, I do. Tampa said no. they're gonna, those games basically are meaningless. Home ice advantage are going to mean Jack in this playoff. Yeah. 
All right, Eric, well, you... These, uh... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, uh, didn't the teams that didn't make the play-in round, aren't they allowed to train uh, earlier because all these other no, teams No, they, they still, still got to follow phase two. They still Everybody has to follow phase two. You get, really you'd dumb. have six guys in at a time to come train. And teams that are, aren't playing are allowed to follow that too. I don't know how many will though because they usually don't have many players there in the offseason anyway. Uh, Eric, you asked the trivia question last week, didn't you? No, I did not. No, you did. It was the Montreal trivia question. Yeah. Oh, how many, uh, how many cups did they win before the NHL was actually formed? That was it. Yep, it's one. They won one Stanley Cup before the NHL was asking for him. 23 post-1917. So, yeah. Eric, do you have a trivia question for us? Because I just don't have my – I don't feel like pulling out my phone. I do not. I could try and find one. I mean, I feel like you'd be good at that. Because you've been doing sporkle quizzes for the past week. Yeah. Regarding gotten, NHL teams. I haven't gotten 100 on any of them. Though. Oh, Jesus. That's not good. Do an easy one. Like – you got to get your spirits up when it comes to sporkly. Do one like just name all NHL teams in like two minutes. You just got to get your <laughs> you just got to get your confidence up, you know. That's all it is. You're thinking and w- once home. you get rolling, I mean, you'll be there typing the names till the cows come home. Hey, hey, I found the uh, the NHL player that's played the most regular season wins question to yes. Scott Stevens as the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out Scott Stevens expired a few years before that. Oh man! Hey, hey Tony, what's up? I have a I have a question for you. Go ahead. Uh, can you name every AHL team? No, considering most like there's a de- good deal of them changing this year. No, I can't. Aren't they? Yeah, because uh, is, Vegas is getting a new one. Is they Bingo bought one in Bingo. And yeah, Binghamton saying Binghamton. But the the Carolinas moving or like ended their affiliation with the Charlotte Checkers, right? Or they're moving them to Chicago or something? Which doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you would move your AHL team further away from you. That doesn't make any sense. A lot of these teams, they're they're fucking AHL teams. They're so far away. Well, Carolina had it great. Their AHL team played in Charlotte, the more popular city, by the way. Yeah. Why would you move them to Chicago? Yeah. Well. I don't understand why New Jersey's isn't in New York. All right, I got one. All right, go ahead. All right, Scotty Bowman. Yes. Arguably, probably the best coach of all Is time. Is the greatest coach of all time, yes. The greatest coach of all time. Mm-hmm. How many teams did he coach, and can you name them all? I was talking about this with my brother the other day. I know the teams he went to the cup with. I think there's only one team he coached that he didn't go to the cup with. Did he well, co- don't answer it. I know. Well, that's the trivia question until next week. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about it. Uh, listen to our podcast. Wherever podcasts are available, we will be back next week for an episode of Touch Icing. Hopefully there will be more news by then. I have a feeling there will be some coaching news uh, coming up next week a team's going to narrow down some decisions or something. And there's a good chance you see some firings from those bottom seven teams. If they're like going to make a coaching change or general managers, cause they got to want to get new personnel in sooner rather than later uh, in you order to get their season really started sooner rather than later. So thank you for listening. And we will see you next week.